Hi, this is Sharon and welcome to Getting Unstuck. I'm a spiritual coach, medium, intuitive, and tarot reader. I'll have weekly guests with inspiring stories of how they went from stuck to unstuck. My hope is this podcast helps you get unstuck so you can begin living the life you've always dreamed of. Hey everyone, it's Sharon. Thanks for listening. Today's topic is my favorite, which is A Course in Miracles. And I am here with my good, dear friend, Cheryl Craig. Uh, Both of us are students of A Course in Miracles, and we're going to have a conversation about the course and how it's uh, shifted things in our life. And Cheryl, I wanted to say to you, though, like before we um, hit the record button, you're telling me a story about Keel, your son and how you have learned to catch a pattern that you have very quickly. And I think it's a pattern that a lot of people have. So would you mind sharing that again with those that are listening? Sure. So my son is living out in Oregon and he had to leave the area because the fires were getting very close and he left his car at a car uh, repair place and he hadn't heard from the mechanic. So he doesn't know what's going to happen. You know, he doesn't think his car was fixed, but I started to get this fear that, oh my God, you know, his car is going to get, you know, the fire is going to, you know, come to the garage and, you know, his car is going to be ruined and he's not going to have a car to get to work. And this morning when I was in meditation, I started to think, you know, I was trying to feel good about life and the universe and, you know, practice some of the principles of the course. I started thinking about my son and I was so happy that he had a job, you know, that things were working out because he just moved to Oregon in, in July. So things are moving along, you know, and so all of a sudden I find myself back at the garage. His car is on fire. It's <laughs> <laughs> so funny how we do that to ourselves. Yes. And so I just, in that moment, I had a moment of grace and it's like, ah, that's a pattern when I think of Keel right now you know I when I think of x I'm going right to y and I need to kind of maybe go to k yeah right and just have a completely different thought like oh how wonderful it is that he has a job like why can't I stay in that yeah right and I love that that you were telling me about that because I know in my own meditation or even if I'm driving in the car like I'll have a thought like wow what a really beautiful day and then I'll think about something that might be a little bit of a trigger and I am all, I can go from zero to 60 in a snap of a finger and it's wor- always worst case scenario. Yeah. Yeah. So it sounds like you caught it like that, like you became aware that that is a pattern you have from starting off at one point and you end up catastrophizing, I think is the word that you used. Yeah. And I was just thinking, you know, when we started talking today, how isn't that what all the work that we do is kind of about like the from the very beginning of our, you know, maybe our desire to have a deeper understanding of ourselves or, you know, how to maybe heal our lives a little bit like that's the beginning, we have to start noticing our part in that. And so I find now the next, you know, obvious or the next obvious step is to catch my thoughts. Because that's where everything starts, right? Our thoughts create our reality. And I'm noticing just how how they're just so natural, like that cat- catastrophizing. It's such a part of me, especially as a mom. And it's like, I can't be living in this worry and anxiety all the time. I mean, it's going to create 
more things to worry and and be anxious about. 100%. And I think that, um, and I think I had mentioned this before on our other podcast about the work that Dr. Joe Dispenza does because he literally wrote a book called Breaking the Habit of Yourself. And he, for those who don't know him, healed his, he had broken his back in eight places, probably wasn't going to walk again. And by by sheer thought alone, he healed his back by imagining each bone healed. And he said, if you truly believe that your thoughts create your reality, you would never let a bad thought slip through your mind again. Right. So I guess the first part is believing that your thoughts create your reality. And then understanding the habits that we have with our thoughts, because habits are often unconscious. Right. We've been conditioned by our parents, society, what we think is important, how we measure up, like those are all just habits of thinking that we have whenever, you know, something comes up, you kind of go to, oh, well, this is what I think about this. And you don't even question it. Right. That's the thing. You don't even question it because you think you're right or you've seen that scenario played out before. So I'm very conscious or I shouldn't say I'm very conscious because this isn't, doesn't happen it probably happens 99% of the time where I will catch my thoughts, a bad thought faster than I did in the past. That's happening to me too, you know, but the funny part is, is sometimes I think on the bigger, more like, oh my God, this happened, but it's those subtle things. Like just all of a sudden I'm thinking about my son today and I'm happy he has a job and all, you know, like I say, all of a sudden, and I'm just grateful I caught it. Right. So Cheryl, if we refer to, let's see, the first chapter, if we go back to chapter one, the meaning of miracles in our Course in Miracles book, you were mentioning that less, well, the number 12 on here says miracles are thoughts. Do you want to read that? Miracles are thoughts. Thoughts can represent the lower or bodily level of experience or the higher or spiritual level of experience. One makes the physical and the other creates the spiritual. Yeah, which is exactly what we were talking about earlier too. Like I can have a thought, but it might be a physical lower vibration thought versus a higher thought, a a high vibe thought really. Right. And it's about holding the other person in love. Yes. And because we also have to reiterate that the miracle in this The miracle refers to turning fear to love. And when we do that, a miracle occurs because we have just freed ourselves. Well, on lesson, or I guess it's number 26, it says miracles represent freedom from fear. Atoning means undoing. The undoing of fear is an essential part of the atonement value of miracles. And I think anytime we live in fear or a catastrophe that we feel we need a miracle from we're living in the fear of it right yeah and there was I don't know what number it is but it also I loved something I wrote down that said um, miracles make the mind one with God so when I'm seeing that person in love as God would see that person or even myself whoever I'm praying for or hoping for the miracle for there's a unification there Mm -hmm. right it reminds you of your oneness yeah. And that we aren't separate. Yeah. Well, in, in number 34 says miracles restore the mind to its fullness, right? Mm-hmm. Which is really like everything starts in the mind. Exactly. My own forgiveness. It's like that Honoponopono prayer we are just talking about. And if you don't know that prayer, for those of you who never heard of it, it's, um, I'm sorry, please forgive me. I love you. Thank you. I think I have that in the right order. But it was that prayer is all about 
I forgive myself for seeing the illusion I saw in you or whatever I thought you did to me. Right. I forgive myself. And basically what happened was that that prayer was created because a guy, a psychiatrist, went into a criminally insane prison, never met with any of the prisoners, but reviewed their file folders and recited that prayer over each one. In two years, every prisoner was healed and left the prison and the prison shut down. That's a miracle. That is. And what's a little, I had read about that prayer recently because I started doing it uh, for someone that has a lot of um, physical illness. And one of the things I learned was when I read that story is the person, and I don't remember his name, who prayed for those or used that prayer for the his patients. Anytime he felt stuck or some type of emotion that came up around one of the patients, he saw it as something within himself yes. that had to be healed. And that's like such an important, I think, thing to remember because for me when I'm doing the Honoponopono prayer for my friend I sometimes see her in her illness and I'm trying to heal her and the healing comes when I see I heal myself from seeing her as ill because mm-hmm. in as God created her she is perfect she's a spiritually perfect right human being and so that little subtle difference makes a big it sure does. Big difference yeah. in my mind. Yeah. I had read somewhere that Christ was able to heal the lepers because Christ didn't see the illness, the illusion of illness. Christ saw the perfection and the wholeness of them. Right. And and because he didn't see the illness, they were automatically they were automatically healed. But, you know, that's why he's an ascended master and I'm still trudging through this life, going like, I can try this. But it's such a better way to live, I think. It is, but it's, you know, going back to the thoughts, you know, our thoughts, you know, it is difficult to make the, that change because even though, you know, I can do that prayer for my friend, sometimes I'll think about her the next day and I'm still like, oh no, she's got this or right. that and I, I need to start practicing. That's, not, you know, seeing her all the time, not just when I'm doing the prayer. And I feel like, and the Course says this, there's consistency is important yes. with our thoughts, Cons, you know, being consistent, being consistent and also knowing it all starts within. It all starts from you and yes. me. It starts from within. And we and when you decide to do this kind of work, it's not easy because then you can't be a victim anymore. You have to take 100 percent responsibility for everything in your life. Even those people that are in your life, like you, your thoughts created that person to be in your life. Right. Is that easy to do? Nope. No. And uh, more and more I'm trying to, whenever someone kind of puts me in a bad mood or makes me angry, I'm trying to remember, okay, they're just mirroring back to me a quality that I have in myself. And so those are the little, like all the ways I have to constantly bring everything back to myself through my thoughts. Like you said, everything that comes to me is to teach me something. It's not about the other person. It's not that they did me wrong. It's because I need to learn and move beyond some area that I'm stuck in. Right. You know, I always say to you how, like, I I think everything that happens throughout my day is supposed to happen because it's there to teach me something. Two nights ago or two days ago, I was driving in into Waterford and I saw a man walking with 
just, it looked like a Speedo, but it could have been just his skimpy underwear, right? So if, if I walk the walk and talk the talk, then I had to say to myself, why did I attract that to me? Like, like why did that appear in my day today, <laughs> right? Literally naked, but a Speedo. I can't unsee that image. I'm t- I cannot undo it in my brain. But what I came up with was, where in me do I feel vulnerable? Oh, that's a good catch. Because if I was walking around in my underwear, I would feel really vulnerable. And there have been a few instances over the week where I felt myself extremely vulnerable, but okay. Yeah. Yeah. I can be vulnerable and safe. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's why he made, that guy made the appearance because it was like, okay, I'm on the right track then with my own vulnerability. Oh, I love that because a lot of times too, for me, when I'm, you know, trying to catch the mirror back looking at myself it's more like with my you know my mother or my kids or even you know people a little bit outside of my periphery but I don't always apply it to the stranger unless they make me mad right you know I I use it for the if something triggers a negative emotion but sometimes seeing something like that wouldn't necessarily be negative but it certainly would have I'd have some thoughts around that like maybe even silly, you know, like he looks silly in my mind, you know, so I just love that you ask yourself that question in that moment. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And you had an answer. I did. I always get an answer. I'm very lucky that way. But I've been doing this work for a while. I think that's true. I I think if you'll take the time to listen, or even be patient, because I've had like answers sometimes will come later for me too. Right. And I have, you know, clients who I will share this information with, like explaining to them everything that happens during your day is there for your benefit. And they'll always say the same thing, like even the awful stuff, like, why would I do that? But for me, I would rather know I'm creating it than to think life is that random, that shitty things could happen to me. I'd never leave my house. Right. Yeah. And I feel like everything that comes into our life is either a lesson or a blessing. So I guess it's the willingness of having the responsibility to take a look at it and think, okay, why did I invite that into my life? But it can't just be done with just the good stuff in life, really. It's it's good and bad, right? Yeah. You know, I remember the very first time um, I had that revelation that I was responsible for everything that happened in my life. And it was probably one of the most important moments in my journey because I just remember thinking, God, it's all on me. And that site was like a big burden in a way. But like you, I think you mentioned the word freedom. It's the most freeing thing because suddenly it's like no one can control me. I can be, do, have whatever I want in life. There's no, there's no chains unless I put them on myself. So I'm you know, right. I, my husband and I always have this conversation about road rage, because if someone's riding his ass, he'll slow down. And if someone's riding my ass, I pull over. Because I think, I don't know, maybe there's an emergency in their life. Right. right? But the bottom line is, I don't let everyone have the privilege of my emotions. And I feel like with the road rage thing, is you give up your power because that person now owns you because he altered your day or your moment. Right. And the yeah, and I like you use the term owns you because when I choose to let someone make me angry, then I am not taking any accountability for my mood. Right. 
So I walk around, If I am I going to walk around every single day of my life and every person that comes in can, you know, I'm like a, a storm adrift at sea, just, or I'm like a, a ship adrift in a storm at sea, <laughs> <laughs> where I have like, I'm just bouncing all over the place. Right. You yeah. Know? That, I just feel like I work really hard on a daily basis to stay aligned with my true self. So regardless of what's going on on the outside of me, the inside of me is always pretty consistent. And when you can practice that, your outside world will start to mirror that more and more. Yeah. I rarely have anyone riding my ass in my car because that's not where my focus is. Yeah. My focus is on good thoughts. I'm not 100% on it all the time. But, you know, when you do this kind of work, you have a choice in life. And I don't generally walk around letting other people influence how my day is going to be or how I'm going to feel. Right. And so anyone listening to this who has a lot of drama in their lives, we might want to challenge them. Oh, good one. Yeah. (laughs) What are your thoughts? Right. You know? Yeah. I was saying to my daughter-in-law a couple weeks ago how I have no desire to be right about anything. That anybody could walk into my office and say to me, the sky is green. I might ask you why you believe the sky is green, but I wouldn't want to prove to you that I'm right and you're wrong. I have no desire to be right, honestly. And a couple times over the last three weeks, I could feel literally like... I wanted to prove someone wrong and I'm like, wow, like all the work you're doing, like it's still there. But then again, I wouldn't be sitting here with you. I'd be an ascended master somewhere if I had it right all the time. But I'm pretty good about that where I don't feel I need to be right. I want to be happy. I don't need to be right. I'm getting there. Like I had a situation this week and I had shared with you where, you know, I'm practicing um, one of the, there's eight or so traits of a teacher in the course. I'm practicing one of the traits is defensivelessness. So all week I've been trying not to get defensive, which is kind of what you're saying. You know, you let people be right. You don't have to defend your point of view or your, you know, your perception. You know, between my kids and my husband, my I was getting a little mad like that I couldn't say, you're wrong or, you know, and it's so I have to catch myself too. And what was the gift in those moments was, is I was practicing that. So I really let it go where I think if I wasn't, I probably would have kind of went, got swept away in that a bit. Yeah. So it is, it's a constant vigilance of what are my thoughts and my emotions. Right. And I do want to also clarify, you and I are not talking about being a doormat. No, no, We're, no, no. We are not talking about letting people walk all over us, but we simply understand a higher truth. Yes. Because I, I certainly can get mad over the political climate or sometimes, some, you know, when my kids does something, I, of course I will be mad or someone hurts my feelings, of course. But it is, as you were, we were talking about B'nai Brown last week about how she was talking about, what was that, boundaries? People, Com- the research showed that people who have boundaries are compassionate people. I thought that was really interesting. Yeah, and I would like to clarify too because those things that I would have wanted to defend myself about, they were just opinions. They weren't that important. You know, it were it was things that was it worth, you know, getting all in a tizzy because, you know, my daughter challenged me or my husband disagreed, you know, with something I said, which in that case I was wrong. So it isn't the you know, sometimes 
it's those things in life that aren't worth letting my day get you know like you said do I want to walk around pouting for you know an hour yeah. because you know I was wrong <laughs> right yeah right yeah well in in really when when you defend something to the you know to the end because you have to prove yourself right that your whole day can be shot because even when it's over like you're mulling it over in your head like oh I should have said this yeah and you know I'm glad you said that too because I don't know if I was talking with you or someone else but I was sharing about how I'm practicing like you know letting people be right or you know uh, choosing happiness over ego or peace over ego and I've noticed especially with my husband or my children when I do that maybe 15 minutes later something really great might happen between us or a good laugh or we might you know just a really nice moment will come and if I had gotten all pissy and in a bad mood I pout that's my my go-to is um, I can get very pouty I would have you know I would have caused a bit of a rift between us and that moment would have been lost exactly and now they own you or that situation owns you yeah. because you're not in alignment. And I missed out on a really... And you, you missed out on life, on the beautiful moments that yeah. life has to offer. On the gifts. On the gifts. So we're at the end of our time, Cheryl, but I think your challenge to people listening is a good one. Like if you're having a lot of drama in your life, you might want to take a look at that. Where are the areas in your life where you feel like you have to be right? And is it worth the cost of your mental health, your peace of mind, your peace of heart? Yeah. That's a good challenge for the week. And do you like drama? And do you like drama, right? If, if you keep inviting it in, you, yeah. then you must be getting some kind of payoff. Because if the drama is playing out in one area of your life, then what are you not looking at that really needs attention in your life? Yeah. Smoke and mirrors. Life is like smoke and mirrors, isn't it? It sure is. It's crazy. All right. All right, everyone, have a good week, and thank you so much for listening. Thanks, Sharon. Thanks, Cheryl. Thanks, Cheryl.